Welcome to the Eat, Move, Live 52 podcast, where we talk about all things health, nutrition, movement, and more. Be sure to talk to your qualified healthcare practitioner before trying any of the things we say. We are not doctors. Are you? Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Eat, Move, Live 52 podcast. We have a very special guest today. We have Claudia... Mullenweg in nice <laughs> with us and uh, Claudia is fantastic. I'm so happy to have her with us. She's a Bates method vision improvement teacher and Bates is a natural way of improving your eyesight and as you know from reading our latest book especially pages 316 and ahead we are really passionate about natural ways to improve eyesight avoid glasses and really stay sharp in your vision especially as you're getting older roland and i are both getting older i guess most people are getting older, get older right by the minute as you're listening to this podcast so really, really passionate about that. I'm super excited to have her here right in our living room. We've been geeking out for hours and uh, finally we're like, we should probably record this because we can talk for five days before we press the record button. So Claudia, welcome. Thank you. It's, I'm happy to be here. It's so good to have you. So in short, for those listeners who don't know, what is Bates Method? The Bates Method is a natural way of improving your eyesight and it's based on the fact that when we don't see well, we're straining. So relaxing your eyes is the key to relaxing your eyes and your mind is the key to good eyesight. Oh, it sounds so up my alley. Like, <laughs> relax into health just sounds so delicious. How did you stumble upon it? What was your path before that? How did you become a vision improvement teacher? It's, it's an interesting story. So I was born with a strabismus, with, which is a squint. My right eye was going inside. I was basically stuck at the nose, and I was farsighted. Um, I wore glasses since I was pretty much a really young child, maybe a year old. And I always hated my glasses. I'm from the 60s, and back then, glasses were not hip, and I was teased, and I really struggled. Mm. Um, and when I was about 12, I started playing handball. And my coach said, because the glasses were really glass, and my parents couldn't afford the fancy you know, um, plastic lenses, I had, couldn't wear the glasses. And I played a lot. And about three years later, I was 15, we went to the optometrist, you know, for the yearly checkup, and he said, your vision is normal. And I'm like, what do you mean my vision is normal? Yeah, you don't need glasses anymore. And I was so, my whole life changed. My whole life changed. Um, I got compliments from my beautiful eyes. And I really, like, I mean, my whole insecurity of, you know, having these glasses on and feeling like a geek, they never felt part of, I always felt a barrier between me and the, and the world. And then I was in high school, and during my high school exams, I was really stressed out. I was a good student, but I had to really work hard to, to accomplish my goals. So I noticed my vision would get blurry again, especially when I was stressed before exams. And I was completely freaked out. I didn't want to wear glasses again. And I don't know how, but I found it in an alternative bookstore in Germany where I lived. I found a book um, called Visionetics by Lisette Shaw, which was based on the Bates method. It wasn't Mm -hmm. the pure Bates book, but it was pretty much the same principles. And I read the book and I applied the methods and my vision would always clear up. So I I never had to go back to glasses. Every time I felt those strain or that worry or the stress come back up, I would do the relaxation techniques in the book and... And that's that. And now I'm older, I'm in my 50s, and I, um, I was about 45 when I really got to the point where I really wanted to learn more and understand better why this is working and also help others. So that's when I became a Bates teacher I studied. How amazing. <laughs> How amazing. So what kind of people seek your help? I mean, it, we are in this holistic sphere helping people both with nutrition and with movement and we often come and I don't know if this is true for what you do we often feel that people aren't aware that the condition they have or the challenge they have say you know they feel bloated or gassy or they have um, irregular irregular bowel movements or they're having some you know like 
nose that drips all the time or a runny eye or they have arthritis that that can be helped with movement and diet is it this i imagine it's the same with you people probably don't know that there's another way to improve your eyesight how do they find you um it's very true when you when i talk to people that i meet or at conferences or just on the street or what what do you do for work everybody is like what i didn't know you can improve your eyesight people that find me already found out that you can improve your eyesight they already either the optometrist or the ophthalmologist said sorry i can't do anything else for you um Or they always hated glasses and realized they need to do something, and they search. And then they found the Bates method, and they found find me on my either my website or on, I'm a member of three associations, one in America, one in the UK, and one in Germany. And they find me that way. So people that call me directly, they already they already became aware mm. that there's such a thing. But if you talk to general people, like yeah, pretty much. 9.9 out of 10 people <laughs> haven't heard of it. Yeah, when I first met you, I met you at the Yoga Tune-Up workshop, right? right? And when you told me what you do, I was like, oh my God, that's one of the chapters in our book. We're <laughs> so passionate about, you know, re relaxing the eye muscles. And I was aware of that, but I wasn't aware that you existed. And here you <laughs> are materialized in our living room. It's so exciting. That is pretty interesting. I I've noticed that those, like, Today's day and age, more and more people are starting to wear wear glasses, and not just for hipster reasons, <laughs> or because of Harry Potter, right? But um, but what co what's causing this rise in like what are some of the reasons? So poor vision is always caused by strain, but it's not just strain in the eye muscles that you just mentioned, but the strain really originates in the mind. So muscles only react to certain things when our mind. The mind is always, the brain is always the, the basically the initiator of any muscle work. It doesn't matter if it's the eyes or your hands or your legs. Um, and vision is 90% mind and only 10% eyeball. So the strain starts in the mind. That said, our eyes are not meant to be looking at a fixed distance for hours at a time. Our eyes are meant to move, to look near and far, um, to not just look at the, what's in front of us, but to use our peripheral vision. You know, back in the day when we were living in the jungle, if you didn't have good peripheral vision, the tiger would have killed you before you could, <laughs> before you could read the manual of how to avoid a tiger. <laughs> you know? so, so, and nowadays, um, we are so focused on, on the central vision, which puts a lot of strain in our eyes, a lot of strain. Um, and um, as you mentioned earlier, the, the central vision is also related to the sympathetic nervous system, the fight-or-flight um, system, which is the opposite of um, rest and digest, the parasympathetic nervous system. So, and it's that over, um, we, we, the, the computers are obviously a big problem. And the computer itself is not a problem, but the way we abuse it, the way we spend way too many hours looking at the screen. Um, and kids in school, they have now homework, you know, in, in, in elementary school or even in kindergarten, they already have homework. So they're spending all these hours you know, at the near point, learning, studying. When, when I was little, we were playing outside. And in fact, they did a study in England, and the biggest difference with kids, if they get myopia or not, is how many hours they spend outside. So kids that spend two or more hours a day outside playing had a way lower degree of myopia than children who were just basically sitting mm. inside doing their homework and studying and reading. Mm. Well, and I was really... Um, what really impressed me with your introduction today was that when you were playing handball is when your eyes improved. I know that now, really. Right. I, I, because I was like, I didn't know, but hand-eye coordination is so important. And then looking at the distance and moving. Movement is so important. Huge part of the Bates method is movement. And people that you know have strain in their eyes, especially when you wear glasses... You don't move your eyes because you only have central vision in the center of your glasses, so your eyes basically don't move. If anything, they move your head, or you move your head, and it's more like an owl, like where you move your head. <laughs> um, and also, yeah, that's another whole story, how they cause neck strain. And oh. So we were talking earlier about what kind of glasses I have, right? And I, for years, I just had the ones for driving. For, I only wore at night when it was dark for far distance. But the last time I went to the doctor, which was like five years ago or more, or more, he gave me progressive lenses. 
and I, and I hate them because it forces me to move my head in a specific way to see something where I just want to look, move my eyes. So, I mean, with practice, I got better at it, but I don't want to practice. It's like, I don't want to practice that. And it was, and I don't need it. I can read just fine without it. And yes, is it crisper with the glasses? Yes. But I've noticed that I've, that since I've not used them, I'm reading, I'm back to reading just as well as before. Mm-hmm. So, and, but it was so annoying to like have to like move. You guys can't see me because I'm moving my head around like, <laughs> like an idiot. But yeah. Well, progressive lenses have have a big problem. They are convenient. So, if you are struggling, like say for the for the far vision, maybe like you you were myopic, meaning nearsighted, so you needed something for the distance. But now you can't read with the glasses on. So the progressive lenses assume you're reading. You're looking, you're looking down that you're reading. They lo- assuming you're looking down, you're looking at the near point, you look up, you look at the far point. But now you sit in front of your computer, which is kind of a near point. So everybody you see in the office that tilts their head back is trying to access the lower <laughs> part of the progressive lenses, is, you know, creates this huge tension in our necks. And I forgot, but the head weighs about 10 to 12 pounds mm-hmm. and every inch or... Every, you might know that better, yeah, like every yeah. inch, go ahead. Every inch that your head moves forward adds like four or five pounds of pressure to the top of the, the spine. But here you're actually talking about compression, right? Yeah. Because you're lifting the head and, and everyone listening who's not driving, <laughs> you can lift up your heads and just feel that like shortening at the back of the neck. And, um, you know, it's all of us who are movement teachers, we know that the back of the neck muscles are connected to the eye muscles. So the neck strain also causes more eye strain. Exactly. So you're making your eyesight worse by wearing, using your glasses in that way that's not particularly kind to the body. And there's another thing to this. There's research done by an optometrist named Elliot Forrest that was done in the 80s. Um, and I will actually publish that on my website soon. But he did research, head posture, how it's relate, relating to astigmatism. And there's an 80, uh, I think it was 80 or 85% correlation between how you tilt your head. doesn't just matter if the chin is up, but also sideways. A lot of people don't look straight ahead. They look a little bit to the left, but the eyes look straight ahead. So any tilting or any head posture can be re- directly related to the angle of astigmatism you have. Mm. So now you're wearing progressives, you're tilting your head back at the computer, which creates an astigmatism you know, that you might not even have before. Makes me want to own stock in like all these companies that make lens, you know, because it's it seems like such a pervasive issue, and it feeds onto itself. It yeah, feeds and onto itself. Glasses have never made anybody's vision better ever. Yeah, it's a it's downhill a, path. It's a band aid and can make it worse because you rely on it and then you're you're not doing what it takes to to compensate naturally. Because it's a crutch. It doesn't, it addresses the symptom, not the source. Well, and I know that a lot of people that are listening are, you know, like more into natural movement and um, better alignment and posture. And one of the things that I noticed when I got this (laughs) progressive lenses is they're designed for people who don't have the best posture. I mean, like... You have to, I have to force myself into this bad posture to see out of the spot that you're designed to see out of. Like when I'm driving my car, it's like, if I'm sitting like this, I'm like, well, it's blurry. I have to go like this and put my head down because this is the way normal people drive. So they, and I see, I understand why they did it. And it's the same thing with, the, like you were talking about, the, the bifocal part, like the reading part. Like pe- the way people tend to read is by craning their necks down. So mm-hmm. that's where they put the sweet spot for that vision but for people who are focusing on better alignment better head posture less neck forward things like that it's actually bad it's a, it's to, a bad to, spot to look down when you read yeah and that right. target spot for perfect vision is bad like you want to be able to just move your head and move your eyes and things like that and these glasses inhibit that so you guys for those of you who are yogis and alignment nerds Glasses might be worse for you than they are for your average client. Isn't that an interesting angle to look at it? So I have a question for you about, you know, we, we know that different things affect the vision. But those of us who wear or have worn glasses, when you go to the optometrist and they measure you, is that a steady thing? This is your prescription? Or can it vary day to day, kind of like your cholesterol, your blood sugar? It varies a lot and it's way less of a science than they make us believe 
Um, I actually had a, a medical student who worked with an ophthalmologist call me and tell me the background stories, how really, how little science really there is. I mean, they can measure your eyeball, and yes, when you have myopia, it's elongated, but the Bates method, we believe it's because of the tension in your um, external obliques that create that, that those muscles squeeze the eyeball longer, not because you were born with a faulty eyeball that's too long. Mm -hmm. And um, so when you go to an optometrist, they put you, usually the, you're in a dark room. And if most people have observed their own eyesight, when it's dark, you can't see as well. Then you're already in a test situation. You, maybe you go in the afternoon, you were at the computer all day. Mm. Um, then they, the test chart is reflected. It's not a printed piece, which is actually easier for the eyes to read than a backlit screen. So you're in this basically in this less than ideal position when they test you. And then so after the initial test, they try different lenses and they go, this one or this one, this one or this one. <laughs> and after the second or third round, you don't know anymore. And you just say, yeah, whatever, like this one, they're fine. And then you get your glasses <laughs> and you put them on and you're like, wow, this is way too strong. And they tell you, yeah, you get used to that. <laughs> Basically, you're, you're making your eyesight worse to get used to the glasses that are too strong. Gosh. Because any, if you, like, that's one thing I can recommend to anybody listening. Become aware of your eyesight. Notice the differences. You will notice if you become aware that sometimes it's better, sometimes it's worse. Sometimes maybe in the morning it's better than the evening. Mm -hmm. When you're relaxed, when you're happy, it's better than when you're like going through an exam and you're stressed and you're, yeah. you know. So your eyesight varies a lot. So when they measure you, it's really just a snippet in time and usually at your worst moment because you're never there relaxed <laughs> as if you would be sitting at the beach. Hey, you know, like you're not on holiday. You're in a testing. So <laughs> you're probably a quarter to half a day after like the, the glasses are too strong for sure. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. So, ideally, if you were to get your eyesight tested, it's almost like you have to practice being relaxed. Exactly. It's almost like you have to meditate for weeks and weeks and weeks on <laughs> that thing's going to come up and maybe even practice looking at the chart to be familiar with it so that when you go in, you're under the best circumstances. I mean, and this does not apply for everybody, but if you have a rather mild myopia, first of all, the only way, the best way when you want to actually improve your eyesight is to not wear glasses. But for some people, this might not be possible. If you have a minus three or a minus four or something like that, you can't just go without for most tasks. Maybe you can read without, but you won't be able to drive for sure. That's not an option. But even like doing other work when you like walking down the street or you're, you know, in your office, you need to be able to see something. Um, you could probably use, so basically you want to wear nothing or the, the least amount of prescription that you possibly need. You don't ever want to wear the full prescription. Mm. If you, maybe for driving at night, for sure. You, you, you want to be safe when you're driving. But outside of driving, you, you want to wear what you, only what you need at that moment. So when you measure it for your glasses, they measure you at 20 feet distance. How many things you do a day in a day that are at fed 20 feet away? Most of the time you work on your computer. Maybe you look at your cubicle mate, you know, like 10 feet away. You don't really need the full strength. And nowadays there are websites where you can order glasses online, really low cost glasses without a prescription. Oh, so really? yeah, like zenny.com, it's Z-E-N-N-I. Well, I've heard of them, but I just assumed you needed a prescription. No, you don't need a prescription. The only thing you need, and you could get that either measured at yourself with a, with a ruler, basically, or you can get your optometrist, the pupil distance. The pupil distance basically means, you know, because everybody's head size is different. And you so can get you, glasses for $10 well, online. So, so if you've gone to the optometrist and you have a prescription from before, that has your pupil distance in it? They usually don't write it down, but if you ask them, then you can find out. Some write it down and some don't, but yeah, okay. you, can, you can find that out. And um, another thing that optometrists love to put in opt um, prescriptions is astigmatism correction. And astigmatism is basically an unevenness of your cornea. So the ideal cornea is perfectly dome-shaped. Mm -hmm. And they believe, again, it's a thing, you're a faulty cornea that you're born with, but Dr. Bates... Yeah, okay, he found basically when you squeeze your, when your eye muscles, there's six muscles around the eyeball. And if they squeeze unevenly, 
it changes the shape of the eyeball. And now remember, the eyeball is a, is a, is a, is a, is a ball. It's like a, you know, like a, a circle. Mm. And if you squeeze it unevenly on different sides, of course, the front of it, which is the cornea... It's creeping me out. We'll Stop be, talking about squeezing but eyeballs. But it will be, uh, will be <laughs> uneven, basically. So it's basically what I'm trying to say yeah, is it's like astigmatism... You, it's like if you have a water balloon and you put it in your hands and you start squeezing yeah. it, it doesn't go make a perfect dome. It goes no. out in different directions. If it gets... It's misshapen. So it's misshapen. So astigmatism is highly variable. And unless it's very strong, you should not have astigmatism correction in your glasses. So that's the first thing. But that kind of justifies the existence because that makes a prescription more complicated than just a plus or mm. minus which plane. You, which you could just, in theory, just get it on. Yeah, you, know. you could get that online because the astigmatism, and we talked about that before, it's the angle of the astigmatism and that makes it more like a scientific, mm-hmm. cool prescription. But you don't really need that. You don't need that. And if you can, if you order glasses online, you can just order because they, you can order them for like ten dollars a set. Not the yeah, yeah. fancy styles, but you know, just to test. And then you find the ones that work for you for, let's say, on the computer or whatever. And that's that's something you would need to do if you can't just do most of the work without glasses. I mean, without mm-hmm. glasses, like you do, if you do, mo- that's ideal. But not everybody is able to just throw their glasses away and do it. That's okay. not always an option. So most of the population we work with are people like in their 40s, 50s, maybe still kids at home, maybe some kids are left. Like my mom is in her late 50s. And every year I go back home, her prescription is getting worse. Like she's getting stronger and stronger glasses and like borrowing grandpa's glasses, you know, all of that stuff that we talked about earlier. And I understand that there's a part of, of that that's, in our culture, we believe that's just aging. Is there any truth to that? No, that's, I mean, I have a friend who has a dad, he's 95, and 97 actually, and he's only now starting in his 90s, he started to wear glasses for reading. But he has a super positive attitude. In fact, he had a hip surgery and he was on his crutches and he was like, I, th- I forgot, he was like in his early, maybe actually a few years ago, 93, I can't remember the exact, but he was in his 90s. He's like, how long does it take to get rid of these crutches? You know, like everybody else would have been like, okay, you're 93, this is probably it, right? (laughs) So a lot of it has to do with our attitudes and how we feel about life. Like if you're miserable and you're like, if you're not in a positive mindset, that might also be like, oh, I'm getting old, you know, like I'm getting stiff, you know, wonder I can't do these things anymore. And that feeds into the whole idea. Of course our bodies age. And of course you know, with osteoporosis. I mean, of course we have to do certain things to maintain our health. But if you live healthy, if you eat healthy, if you move, if you do strength training, you know, like all these things, and if you if you learn, practice eye relaxation or mind relaxation, meditation, yoga, yeah, there's no reason why we would, why you suddenly need glasses. Mm-hmm. So my, my mom, who... You know, she's 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 in Eastern Europe, so she does quite a bit of movement compared to the average mm-hmm. American person, and she gardens. But she's also a lawyer, so she's in front of a computer all day. And she's worsening. Are her glasses also making her worse? Yes. Okay. Because they're basically crutches. So it's imagine like you break your leg, and then you, they they give you crutches, but you really don't have time to practice movement a lot so eventually you know you don't do any of your physical therapy you don't do any of that eventually it gets worse and worse and worse they might put something stronger on you Mm. like so the glasses are basically like plus lenses are magnifying glasses so they they don't address the actual strain behind why your vision is getting worse Mm. and then your eyeball again your eyes adjust to the glasses so the strain gets even more manifested and that's why it usually gets worse and worse and worse. Mm. So that's the glasses allow you to keep straining even more. Exactly. Yeah. So they they build on the original problem and magnify it. Yeah. Yeah. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> so there's this losing our ability to see well in our forties and fifties that if we knew what to do, we could improve that without getting the crutch. Yes. For sure. That is so But it's amazing. also looking at your habits. It's like looking at your habits, like from posture to what you eat, like how much, um, for instance, when we look at the computer, blinking, blinking is super important. Healthy eyes blink every two to three seconds. And pretty much everybody that sits in front of the computer starts staring. 
Like you might have good habits when you're outside in nature and you're looking around and but suddenly you sit in the computer and you're in this frozen, you're not moving your body, you're staring at the screen. Mm. So I actually observed people that, like, that did gaming, like video gaming, and I noticed I could, like almost a minute they didn't blink. And he said, yeah, I trained myself not to blink because, you know, when they play these shooter games, yeah, but if you, there's this nanosecond that you miss... You get like, shot. You get shot. <laughs> so, you know, and if you're not blinking, you're staring. Blinking also lubricates the eyes. Mm. That's why a lot of people say, I have dry eyes. You know, that's the, the thing that I showed you earlier, the palming, yeah. resting your eyes, blinking, all those things help lubrication and they also prevent staring because from, from just going quickly into anatomy... Your eyeball, the retina has two different types of photoreceptor cells. One are the cone cells. Cone cells are the ones that see color and they see detail and clarity. And they're very much bundled in the macula. And the macula is a teeny, is the size of a pinhead. And you have some cone cells around it as well. But that's the macula is the concentration of cone cells. And the rod cells, ROD, they are more on the periphery. And the rod cells are the ones that work at night if you might have noticed you don't see any color at night. Mm -hmm. and it's pretty grainy. And um, so our eyes can really only see a tiny, really point. If you look at a written word and you look at the first letter and you see that perfectly clear, your eyes are physiologically incapable of seeing the whole word, word clear. You have to move your eyes along the text. Of course, you see the, the page in your peripheral vision, but you cannot see it perfectly clear. And people with poor vision tend to stare and especially with these phones that we have now on these small screens you, you you try to see the whole thing clear it's not possible you mm -hmm. have to move your eyes so you're basically trying to see with part of your retina that are that cannot see clearly mm. and that's extra strain and that's extra strain but you also you can't so yeah so it's impossible like so that's why eye movement is such an important part of the Bates method is practicing eye movement mm. And light and the cone cells only work in daylight. They need sunlight. So one of the things we practice is working with light. And, we, and one of the things we don't recommend are sunglasses. Because sunglasses, basically, we have built-in sunglasses. When it's bright, your pupils get very small. When it's dark, your pupils open up. Now you put sunglasses on your face. So the pupils open up behind the sunglasses because it's dark. Mm -hmm. And so it, it does not make any sense. And you get more and more light sensitive. Most of the time with, sun, with the sun, it's the angle of the sun. So when you put on a baseball cap or you just put your mm -hmm. hand above your eyebrows, most people are like, oh, yeah, that's fine. So it's most of the time just the angle. Mm -hmm. And they were invented for polar, like for, um, you know, Antarctic explorers. When you, like when you're in extreme conditions, when you're surrounded by snow and bright light, you know, but us city dwellers, so even living in the countryside, our eyes, our eyes are billions of years old. We don't need sunglasses. I mean, there's a few, I have to say, there's a few exceptions. Macular degeneration, secondary cataracts, there's a few eye diseases mm -hmm. where sunglasses are important. But for general people, yeah. sunglasses make your vision worse also. I've been training myself in the last couple of years to, and moving from for climate weather for climate seasons in Europe to here we're in Southern California it's sunny all the time it was a big shock to me so and I've had a several concussions and very light sensitive because of them so I was just wearing sunglasses all the time and luckily I, I lose my sunglasses a lot <laughs> <laughs> so I've had a lot of opportunities to walk home between you know the office and home or go to the store without them and I was like wow it's actually I've known for a while that I have to train myself out of it because I was aware of that, you know, the physiology of how that works. And so I've slowly trained myself out of it. So now I can, I can go quite a long time without them unless it's like really bright. And or if you're like in Greece and it's, every house is white and it's like there's a <laughs> yeah. lot of... So yeah, there is extreme conditions. But another thing, I had poor night vision and I lived in Los Angeles and I was so light sensitive that I actually wore sunglasses on overcast days. I was wow. that bad and before I became a Bates teacher. Mm. And at night, the thing, the oncoming traffic lights really bothered me because it, I could like, it was too many, like they blinded me, like I couldn't see anything. But since I stopped wearing sunglasses, my pupil reflection, uh, reaction, not reflection, the pupil reaction is now super fast. So mm. once the car has passed, 
immediately they open up again so that you can see all the details at night. Mm. So when you don't wear sunglasses anymore, most often the, the night vision will definitely improve. That is so exciting. So, yeah. Well, we're, I'm big fans of no sunglasses anyway, just because for the um, circadian rhythms, getting your circadian rhythms right. adjusted, I feel like light, light input is so important. Mm -hmm. So this is another good reason. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we have a blue light for our mornings, and we go out and spend hours a day outside when we can. It's just helped our sleep so much. Yeah. And when you sleep well, you're more relaxed. Absolutely. And when you're more relaxed, your eyes work better. And it's as if you guys, everything's connected. Wow. <laughs> I have right? a question about, um, you, you talked a little bit about the, the importance of, of far vision, right? So, but how does, when you're driving, like, you're not usually looking really far. You're just looking at the cars around you. And like, like so does that count as far vision? Or when you, like... Yeah, that counts as far vision, but you should look far away. You should, like, I mean, your eyes should but constantly you're, you're, move. They are, but you're very rarely, like, focusing on things that are really, really far away, unless you're, like, trying to figure yeah, out... Yeah, but I mean, what, I mean, okay, if you are safe... And you see, I'm born and raised on the Autobahn, so they have a certain <laughs> rule of how many, you know, meters of feet you should mm -hmm. be away from the car, and depending on your speed. Mm -hmm. So I would say 20 feet. I mean, 20 feet is nothing when you're driving. If oh, you're no, on the no. freeway, you, 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 the car in front of you will be ideally... Unless I, no, 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 I just more mean like we're not really looking at the oh. horizon. Oh, okay, know, okay. Because like like, some, um, some of the different things that I've uh, looked at as far as improving your vision in general were like to, to like specifically like, you know, there's a bird way over there in that tree, like focus on that and then move to something closer and like you're, you're sort of like teaching your eyes to shift from, right. from close up to long... And like making them react. Quicker. But you know what? I mean, first of all, one thing that, that I also say too is like eye vision is a passive thing. Light enters your eyes. Mm. Your hands have to grab something. Your hands have to reach out and grab something. When you want to grab that ball, you have to reach out. When you want to see the ball, your eyes don't have to pop out of your head. But a lot of people, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's another thing of letting things happen. Okay. Let things come to you. And sometimes when we get older, we get impatient. We're like, I want to see this right now. And maybe, you know, you're in the store, you're looking at the label of that, you know, the nutrition label, and you, it's, you, know, you can't see it. Take a few deep breaths and just relax. And, you know, don't, don't expect everything to be so fast. Maybe you just need a little bit of adjustment. Like when we get older, the accommodation, you know, the difference between looking near and far, when you've been looking at the near point for a long time, it might take a little bit longer to adjust for the far point. Because mm. like if you're sitting cross-legged and you're getting up and your legs are a little bit tingly, like, you know what I mean? So that can happen, but it doesn't mean that suddenly you're, everything is blurry, but you might have been in a little bit of an, what we call accommodative spasm where you're locked into this distance. Okay. And you need a little bit longer to kind of get mm. unfrozen, unstuck, so that, you know what yeah. I mean? So that's that sometimes happens when you read for too long, for instance, or... But yeah, when you look at that bird in the distance, let that, like, just relax. Like, don't, like, don't squint or try. That's another thing that the straining is squinting or trying to see something hard instead of nothing ever mm -hmm. has good of coming, trying to do something with okay. the hard way, you know? Yeah, in, <laughs> in my work, we have this metaphor of imagine that your eyes are like magnets and they're just letting everything come at you. Yeah. So colors are just drawn towards you or shapes and that immediately helps people relax exactly it's that's incredible a, that's i like i love that yeah. I, will cop, I will steal that <laughs> go, ahead, go ahead and use it it's creative commons eyes. okay i have a couple more questions for you there's so many things i want to ask you so would you say that there's daily habits we already talked about sitting still staring are there any other daily habits that worsen our vision? And on the contrary of that, what are some helpful habits that we can start to develop? Yeah, for sure. There's daily habits that are worsening. What we already talked about is like staring at something for a long, like being, staring first of all is a bad habit. So not moving your eyes, um, looking like reading for hours without a break. Mm -hmm. um, the posture, you know, we talked about being on the computer and tilting the head or having bad posture, sitting still for a long time. Our bodies are not meant to be still. I mean, when we're sleeping, we're sleeping, but when we're awake, we're moving. Um, what else? 
wearing of the sunglasses, not drinking enough water. It's, you know, our eyes are, I think it's 70% water, so we need a lot of lubric, you know, lubric, like, um, fluids. Yeah. Um, breathing. Breathing is like the tiny capillaries in our eyes. We need, the brain needs 25% of all the oxygen. And the eyes are part of the brain, so breathing is important. And a lot of people have that shallow kind of, as you you know mentioned, the sympathetic nervous system, that shallow chest breathing. Um, that's a bad habit. Of course, food. We haven't even like nutrition is a huge part. I mean, just to mention two things: the the macula, where the cone cells are, the ones that see color and sharpness. They need lutein and zeaxanthin. Mm -hmm. It's two nutrients that are mostly in dark leafy green vegetables, kale, and then orange vegetables are important. So if you don't eat any green leafy vegetables, if you don't eat any carrots, like you know, mom used to say, eat the carrot, <laughs> green, uh, orange bell peppers. If you don't get any of these nutrients, your macula and your body can produce them. You know, your macula, and when you're young, again, you can pull a lot of things off, but as you get older, that's when the age-related macular degeneration happens. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and good daily habits would be, for instance, when you work on the computer, um, maybe get a standing desk, not for all day, but for certain, uh, work at a raised high-level um, counter instead of sitting. Sitting is really bad for us. We, we call that now, sitting is the new smoking. Yep. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's actually balance board. So when you stand on a balance board, and not like a crazy one, but one that just moves around a little, that prevents staring as well. So you have that movement already when you're working on the computer. So you're, because your your whole body is moving. Your whole body is moving a your little. Your eyes can't stare. Yeah. Hmm. Um, that's something. And blinking, we already mentioned that. So blinking is super important. And maybe put a little sticker on your computer, you know, blink, blink, blink. Um, <laughs> or breathe. And I, I, my signature well, is like blink and breathe. Just well, don't forget. It's interesting. There's <laughs> software that you can get on some computers that use your camera to tell you whether you've sat there too, without moving too long. Oh, like, so it really? You. I yeah. don't even know. That's yeah, so great. So I wonder if that could be, you know, I wonder if I, because that would be a big part of it. Because one of the things that Galena and I talk about is just for general health, limit your, your sitting or your standing at, to work at your computer or whatever to about 30 minutes at a time mm -hmm. and then take at least five minutes to go do something right. else. So whether it's, even, even if it's a different kind of work, but just so you're just not in that same position so it sounds like the same thing Moving, would apply getting to up, your eyes as well. same with the same look up when you read a book maybe put a bookmark like two pages ahead when you reach that page yeah. look up look around the room mm. well, um, and, our, and our friend katie katie bowman she, yeah she says about She's every good. 30 minutes get up and go look out the window yeah or, or, look, go, or go outside for five minutes just so you have a horizon yeah. or you can look at the birds if you work in an office and there's no window go outside yeah. you know take your lunch breaks not at your desk go outside maybe take a little walk. Um, I had a, a client in his, he was in his 60s and his dad was in his 90s. His dad improved his eyesight in uh, World War, before World War II because he wanted to be a fighter pilot. He was myopic. And he um, got 2010 eyesight with the Bates method. And to this day, they take walks and the dad in his 90s reads the license plates of cars that are parked. You know, just making... Like building fun little so things, you know, it. and a lot of times awareness is the first thing to good vision. So a lot of times we walk or we drive and we're already thinking, what are we cooking for dinner? What do you know, we not, we're not in the moment and being in the moment, of course, is a huge part of because if you don't pay attention, you, your mind, you won't see things that you're not paying attention to. How many times? Where's the closest mailbox? Because you don't pay attention, but when you suddenly pay attention, then you see the mailbox, right? I don't know, I'll have to look it up on my phone. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, you have to, like, so awareness and attention, um, yeah, yeah. you know, I well, like. Well, it's interesting. When we were kids, we played a lot of games, travel games. It was because there were no cell phones and iPads right. and things like that. So there were travel games, and a lot of them were to see different sites and to, to record it, you know, to write it down or whatever. So license plates from different states. Or you had to spell a word by the, using the license plates that you found, and um, so that's a good thing because it keeps kids, you know, if you can get them started now. Even adults, I, one yeah. of the activities I tell people to do is pick a color. Any every day, pick a color. Let's pick a color right now. Let's pick one. Red. Red. Okay, and then now look around. It's that what we play with kids. Like I see something. I spy. I spy something. Eye, huh? So now you look, and then suddenly you become aware of oh, there's so much red in this room. And even if you might have myopia or nearsightedness and take your glasses off, maybe go for a walk, 
you, you will see a lot of red. You might not know if that red thing is a mailbox or a flower, but it doesn't matter. It's not so much the things you can't see, yeah. but oh yeah, I noticed there's red. I, I'm aware, and color is, colors are really important for our macula. So that's a fun thing, you know, become a child again in certain ways. Like, don't be so serious. Enjoy, you know, enjoy the, the nature, the sunlight, the colors. And, and picking a color of the day is a good way to stay in the moment That's because when you do that, my mom could not do that because I was like, what's your color of the day? Blue. I'm like, uh, but she's always <laughs> in her mind is always already ahead what she wants to do next. So for her, paying attention to color is... That's the most important part of her practice, really, yeah. right? How cool. I like what you said about hand-eye coordination. And, you know, all these games that we play as kids, like catch, and I don't know what it's called in English. We used to play this game where you stand with, like, a basketball across the street, and you try to hit the curb on the other side, but right on the edge of the curb, so the ball comes back at you. (laughs) And try to avoid traffic while you do that. (laughs) Well, there was no traffic when I was little. Like, there were barely barely any cars, you know, when I was growing up. I'm old enough where there weren't many cars back then. So you're trying, with this round object to throw it to just like kind of like right on the corner so yeah. it comes back at you or like I've done that but we didn't have a name for or it. like dodgeball you know yeah. or even like like shooting hoop or whatever it all is all those beanbag games where you have that board what is it called that board with the holes in it and you have to throw the beanbag into the like, I see that uh-huh. at the beach all the time yeah, I don't know what it's called yeah it's a new I mean I've seen it yeah but recently, yeah. yeah or bocce balls bocce balls yeah. yeah I love bocce balls yeah. and any sort of um, badminton like all of that that lets you coordinate your eyes with with your body. And if you look at the kind, how movement and play has been replaced by this focused exercise, it's like you go to a yoga class, you're staring at your teacher who's like 10 feet away from you, or you go to hot yoga, which now it's so hot, your poor eyes, I don't even know what heat heat does to the eyeballs, you probably know that better. Or you go to a treadmill, and now you're reading on your treadmill or watching a movie at least your eyes can't can't stare right (laughs) (laughs) but it's it's just what we've made out of movement how we've tried to kind of like distill it down to exercise like it's a supplement is so depriving it's Mm -hmm. like we don't have the environment to develop our eyes and i work a lot with people with um with chronic pain and oftentimes anxiety goes with it and when they first come to me, they'd be sitting in a chair or they'd be standing. And you can see that they don't really have a big focal point to explore around them. Their, their vision is so constricted. So they're watching maybe um, you know several feet around them. They're not looking at my walls or outside what's happening in the parking lot. And about a year into coming to me, they'll be like, oh, is that a new painting? I'm like, no, it's been here the whole time. Oh, you just put your logo up in the waiting room. No, it's been there for four years. <laughs> but you haven't been seeing around mm-hmm, you, right? Mm-hmm. Well, why is this truck par- parked in your parking lot? I'm like, it's my neighbor. He's always there. But you haven't looked outside my window in like two years. And now you can, right? Because that's also what you talked about. Peripheral vision is like we're so focused on the central vision these days. And especially when you wear glasses, you don't, like peripheral vision almost doesn't count mm-hmm. because it's blurry. Like the glasses folk, like force you to look through the center and your p- peripheral vision is really that awareness and that helps you relax. So it's, we focus way too much on the central clarity instead of the whole vision, which is both peripheral vision and central vision. Amazing. And um, yeah. So we, we start doing some of these healthier habits we create an environment that can be, you know, more blink friendly and all of that. <laughs> and then are there any exercise exercises? Because we are people of the 21st century. It's like, give me something to do. Is there something to do? Yeah, there's a lot, but I don't like the word exercises so much. Okay. I, li- I prefer relaxation techniques. But yeah, there's a lot of things you can do. Um, are there maybe one or two things that people can learn on the podcast um, that are easy enough? Sure. I mean, one of the things that I mentioned earlier is the rest. So for a lot of us, actually, you start with rest. Mm-hmm. And palm, we call that palming. And what you do, you close your eyes and then you cup your hands and you cover your eyes with your hands. So if you would open the eyes, ideally no light comes in and you don't put any pressure on the eyeballs. So the, the edges of your hands rest on the eye sockets, so on the bony parts. Kind of like um, your skull bones? Yeah, on your skull bones. So basically you're creating a little cave 
of darkness and warmth for your eyes, and then you you sit you you want your elbows to be supported either on a table or with a cushion underneath you or when you're sitting um, some some support you can put your elbows on your knees when you're sitting at a wall for instance, and then relaxing your shoulders, breathe into the belly, and really let practice relaxation it could be you could listen to music you can you know think of smells something that makes you relaxed and happy um, and do that for i would say five minutes or ideally longer maybe 10 to 15 minutes but the rest is super important we don't let our eyes rest enough and if you don't have much time even 10 deep breaths will mm. be helpful and then when you're finished don't rip the hands away and, you know, open the eyes. Like, take your hands away gently. Mm. And then the, wait a moment for the light, for your um, light eyes to get adjusted to the light with your eyes closed. And then when you're ready, you, you do five blinks like a butterfly. Blink, 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 blink. And then you do five gentle squeezes where you just gently squeeze your eyes a little bit. And you might notice that they're already more moist, like a little bit more lubricated. Mm. Mm. So palming is something you can do um, either when you feel strained or when your eyes feel tired or dry. Um, I like to do it morning and evening, like as a just as a maintenance. Um, but it can be a remedy for dry eyes or tired eyes. And then sunning is when you close your eyes, and we are very lucky in California because we have the sun pretty much every day. But you close your eyes, you face the sun, and then you just turn your head side to side, so you're getting a nice stretch for the neck and the warmth of the sun and the light are really like uh, vitamins for your cone cells and the warmth helps to open up the capillaries it's it's just a general very relaxing thing to do to sun and you can do it with a super bright light inside also mm -hmm. um, the blinking the breathing color of the day was okay. something I would do and then one thing that when you, if you have really dry eyes or tired eyes it's like a hot, cold um, treatment. So either using the water, like a bowl of hot water, I'm mean, not burning hot, but kind of warm, warm enough, and then one cold one, and then you splash your eyes like 10, maybe 15, 20 times the warm water and then the cold, mm -hmm. and then do you do two cycles of that. And stop with the cold water in the morning because it freshes, it wakes you up and then in the evening I would end, I would do it the other way around cold, warm, cold, warm um, and you can use compressors or washcloth that you put in hot or cold water you don't have to splash, mm. we don't want to waste water in California <laughs> but you know you can use those um, for cold you can use those things that you put in the, in the fridge too and that is really stimulating for your capillaries and also increases the, um, the tear, you know the, the what do you call it? The lubrication in your eyes. Mm. That's great. Those so. are all so useful and so easy, right? So easy. And I love, you know, oftentimes on our podcast and in our book and in our online resources, we talk about combining different um, elements of your self-care because we all feel like we're strained for time. So you could combine some meditation practice or deep breathing with the palming and you can combine with some just full body awareness, the sunning while you're rotating around, it's gonna help your vestibular system as well. So maybe even bringing your whole body into it and an awareness of the whole body. And when you do hot, cold, you can also focus on the temperature, mm -hmm. which helps build more body awareness. And how amazing it is that all of these things we can do together to improve our overall well-being. And that's just a winner. I'm loving it. Well, it's just so important to remember that so many of these things are physiological, but they're also driven by, by our brain, right? Right. So, so when we are super stressed or tense or tired or tense and stressed from being tired or vice versa, it really puts that extra pressure and causes you that straining and causes, like you talked about, the, the, the less blinking, the less lubrication, and all those things sort of play onto each other or play with each other and drive that problem forward. So, the, so, so I like these techniques because they're both physical, like doing things, but also allowing your brain to relax and allowing your eyes to work the way they're designed to work. Right. I mean, the Bates method goes really deep into memory and imagination because, I mean, science, uh, pro um, science has now proven that visualization and imagining something is a huge part of the success. So 
when I work with clients, it's also a big part of imagining clear mm. vision. And, mm. you know, so it really all starts in the brain. But doing these little good vision habits that I just mentioned will definitely help. And also wearing your glasses only if you absolutely need to. Mm. So it's like sitting in a wheelchair all day and expecting to walk again. Like you can't, you cannot improve your eyesight if you, and especially if you wear contacts. Contacts do have the, the added advantage of having a better peripheral, mm -hmm. you know, vision. But glasses are easier. Like if you know, okay, I only need glasses for this little bit of thing, you take them off. Contacts are usually in all day. So that's the, like, contacts are usually not helpful when you try to improve your vision because you just don't take them in and out. You just yeah. leave them in. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of mental work, but just good vision habits that we mentioned will definitely help. That's super helpful. You know. I'm really grateful for that. So just as we kind of land our interview here, I know that you do work with people one-on-one, -on -one, but you're also launching this very, very exciting program very soon here that's going to be an online offering that people can reach you from anywhere in the world and if you can just say a few words about where people can find you for one-on-one -on -one, if they're local here if you're lucky enough to be in california uh and if not how they can find you for your online offerings so my website is batesvision.com and it's bates like dr bates bates who was the founder so it's b-a-t-e-s batesvision.com I'm also on Facebook, um, same thing, it's facebook.com slash Batesvision. I am launching, I'm working on this program right now, it's not live yet, but it will be very soon. But you can go to my website or to Facebook and you can get a free download, it's a, like a mini um, download with free tips, like going more into detail what I mentioned now, like more specific things and really... If you already download that and practice that, you're already at a good start. Mm, so that's, that's the first thing. And then the course is launching um, early in 2017. That's super exciting. So wherever you're listening from, you'll be able to get those very, very useful, detailed exercises on how to improve your vision and start today. And then uh, hopefully, if you're in California, you can work with Claudia live or you can take part in her online offering super excited super excited yeah so come back to the show notes and you can get the you can put the links in this you can just click on them and find her right away and also uh, i saw galena taking a couple of pictures so hopefully we'll have uh, <laughs> yeah a picture a couple of pictures of the the, the what do you call it the the palming 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 based on the palm of your so hand palming. covering your yeah, eyes yeah, yeah. yeah. it kind of feels good and it's relaxing too it is. so uh I mean, so many, so many of us, when we're frustrated at work, we put our head in our hands for the wrong reasons. This is, like, <laughs> this is like a good reason, right? That is a great reason. Thank you so much for speaking with us today and being our special guest in our home. It's just been such a treat. Thank you. I can say the same. It was awesome to be here. Awesome. Okay. Thanks so much. Thank you. Remember to subscribe to the Eat, Move, Live 52 podcast. Then head out to iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play and give us a rating and a review. It helps other people just like you find our show.